on episode 553 of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast, we meet Art Tripotsis and discuss his book, The Everyday Athlete, How to Balance Work, Family, and Fitness for Life. You can find the full show notes for this episode at 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash 553. you decided you're ready to make a change to reclaim your health and fitness the 40 plus fitness podcast is here for you each week we dive deep into health and fitness topics that affect those of us over 40 i'm alan meisner i'm an nsam certified personal trainer with specializations in corrective exercise behavior change and fitness nutrition a fai certified functional aging specialist and an ota level 2 online trainer I'm joined each week by our co-host, Rachel Everett. She is an NASN certified personal trainer and a RRCA level one run coach. Let us be your coaches as you find your way on your health and fitness journey, all right? Let's go. Getting older is more than just losing your hair or your skin getting thin and crepey. We get weaker, we gain weight. Our energy goes, and with it, we feel ourselves go. It's the aging curve. You look in the mirror, or you see a reflection in a window, and ask, who is that old dumpy? And you look away. There goes the confidence. Aches and pains seem to pop up like dandelions in your yard. If having an active retirement was part of the plan, well, what if I told you that you make this decision each and every day? You decide whether you're going down a steeper aging curve or you're slowing it. I think you know that. I think you try, are trying, but there's just something missing. With over six and a half years of training people over 40, people just like you, I've learned that there are a few key things that trip us up, and I've made sure to address all of them in my BFFT program. The BFIT for Task program BFFT for short, is a six-week deep dive that addresses mindset, nutrition, fitness, and self-care in a way that meets you where you are and takes you forward. We find the tactics and strategies that will work for you, giving you the tools you need. However, it's not good enough to know what to do. You have to do it and keep doing it. Consistency wins. And through BFFT, you have the accountability and support to get you there. Learn more at 40plusfitness.com forward slash BFFT. Change is hard when you don't have the tools and accountability. BFFT will give you both, and you'll have me with you each and every step of the way. 40plusfitness.com forward slash BFFT. Not deciding is deciding. You can stay on your current path, or you can do something different. Check out 40plusfitness.com forward slash BFFT now. You owe it to yourself to at least learn more about the Be Fit for Task program. I hope you will. Hey, Raz, how are you doing? Good. How are you today, Alan? I'm doing all right. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, You know, of course, I'm I'm getting ready to get on an airplane to travel back to the United States for uh, four weeks or so. I think it's about four weeks to spend time with family. And then I'm going to take an actual vacation. This one actually by myself uh, in Mexico. Uh, So I'll be gone for about five weeks traveling around and uh, seeing family and doing this and that. Um, But, you know, I I did drop the Tough Mudder. It just, it wasn't in the cards for me this time. And I've accepted that, but that just means I get to spend more time with my mother. So, sure, you know, win-win. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Great trade-off. Perfect. How about Good. you? Good. Same thing. I'm actually getting ready to get on a hydroplane myself. <laughs> That's how we're going to get to Isle Royal in about a week or so. And we'll have eight days on the island. So I will be unplugged for about eight weeks. I'm going to be looking forward to that. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. Uh, And you just mentioned before we got on the call, the weather's changing a bit. And so plans are changing and it's kind of an evolving thing as you get going. And imagine even being on the ground, you kind of have to have that that concept of we need to be able to pivot when it's time to Mm -hmm. pivot and roll when it's time to roll. (laughs) You have to be flexible. You know, some of the days that we're going to be out there might have longer hikes than others. We have a limited food supply. We're packing in what, what food we have, packing out all the trash. 
So yeah, you got to be flexible and be ready for weather changes, uh, landscape changes, animal changes. <laughs> so you know, we don't know well, what's going to happen. Just remember, you only have to be out, able to outrun Mike. You don't have to be right. able to outrun the bear. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. <laughs> yeah. Although he probably still runs a little bit faster than you. <laughs> he is. He is very speedy. Yeah. But he's so got more meat on his bones. Go get it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. All yeah, right. we're just looking forward to it. Well, are you ready to have a conversation with Art? Sure. Our guest today is the founder and president of Keep It Tight Athletics, a Boston-based cycling club. Since 1994, he is engaged in endurance sports, rowing, cycling, running, triathlon, while striving to balance work, family, and fitness. He has represented the United States at the ITU Age Group World Championships as a member of Team USA Sprint triathlon team and is a certified USA cycling coach. He has an MS from Tufts University and an MBA from Babson College. He is the CEO of a medical device company in Massachusetts. With no further ado, here's Art Trapostas. Art, welcome to 40 Plus Fitness. Thank you so much for having me, Alan. So your book is called The Everyday Athlete, How to Balance Work, Family, and Fitness for Life. And, you know, there's a lot there's a lot to unravel in that title for a book, and we're going to do some of that today. But this is a this is a big thing. I mean, I, I, it's really hard for me to explain because I know I, I'm a coach, you know, and so by the time someone's coming to me, they've already somewhat pot committed, if you will, to say I'm going to do something for my fitness. I'm going to I'm going to do something, you know, and they're listening to 40 plus fitness, so you know, we're we're somewhat there, but the whole balancing thing <laughs> you know it's a lot of us miss that yeah i mean i initially thought that there were three sort of separate buckets with you know work family and friends and then fitness but one theme that kept emerging when i was doing research for this book and interviewing people was that without fitness it's really hard to succeed in the other two areas and to feel balanced so fitness is sort of interconnected with everything else that we do in life. And we can't just think of it as a, a silo, you know, that we put on hiatus when we're focusing on work or family. Yeah, I, I actually did that um, <laughs> when I was younger. You know, I think we all, a lot of us fall into this trap, you know, where we get into our tw late 20s and 30s and we're like, okay, I'm putting in the hours and I'm, I'm pr getting promoted at work. And so the, it's almost like the more I pour of myself into my job, the, the better my career goes. And now you're, you're competing with everyone else at work and you're winning those competitions because you're putting in the time, you know? And so I ended up at 37 years old, sitting on the beach in Mexico, by all accounts, fully successful. You know, I'm a vice president of a fortune 500 company and, you know, my life is is wonderful, except I know <laughs> I had fallen out of a volleyball game the day before, you know, I went to play sand volleyball and it, it was, a, it was even, it was four on four. It wasn't even twos. And I played one game and I subbed out and I'm thinking to myself, I, I never would have subbed out in my entire life. You know, I would have been the last guy to sub out. I would have done it just to let people play, but I would not have subbed out because I needed to. But I did. So that next morning, I'm sitting on the beach and I'm like, why am I so pathetic? You know, I've got all this great stuff at work, and but I didn't have it at home. I didn't have it in my health and fitness. And so it really was that disconnect of balance that I was so one-sided. And I fought that for eight years. You know, I, I'm like, how do I rebalance? How do I, re and I, it took me eight years to figure it out. And for me, what it was, was this, this idea that, everything that I had been successful at in my life, I committed to. And the only way I was going to find balance was if I equally committed to all three things. Did you feel unbalanced during those eight years? I did, but I kept trying, you know, it was, it was like, it was like this yo-yo thing or like, it was like gravity almost, you know, and I, I kind of equate it to, I don't know, I've seen see movies where two planets are coming together and you got the gravity going one direction and the gravity going the other direction. And I would start getting pulled one direction. And then all of a sudden work would work would be there. I'd turn to face work and, you know, I'm back the gravity. Well, and, yeah. yeah. And another year later, I, yeah, I got another promotion. I worked so much harder and then I right back being spit back out. Like, wow, that didn't work. Um, <laughs> I'm still not fulfilled. And so, yeah, it, it was, it was definitely a, um, 
it was a really hard thing to to do because it meant breaking a lot of who I was down and saying, okay, why am I the way I'm, I am? And, and then, you know, it meant breaking up relationships. It meant cutting back at work. And it meant, you know, finding the time to do those things and really just figuring it all out. Yeah. Um, so I was a competitive cyclist uh, earlier in my life. And when, you know, I got a real job, went into the real world, got married, started to have a family and became less competitive. But I noticed that there were quite a few folks in my circle of friends that were still remaining competitive um, with cycling. And I was wondering how they were doing it. So I started to interview some local masters athletes to put on my blog. And as I spoke to more and more people, I became really fascinated because I was like, oh, you know, there's quite a few folks who sort of figured out how to manage all three aspects of their life. And I started to weave together some common themes and create this book, um, The Everyday Athlete. And, uh, you know, one of the big things that came out of it was time management. I mean, just learning to be flexible and taking advantage of available time when you get it, you know, to, to sneak in exercise whenever you can, even if it's just, you know, a 30 minute run or, or weightlifting session it doesn't have to be some massive, you know, two to four hour endurance ride, which is sort of the norm if you're a cyclist <laughs> or in the endurance world. So that yeah. was one of the themes that came out was the time management piece. And and that was that was definitely part of it. And to me, again, it was it was about the committing to the fact that I had to have that balance or I wasn't going to be complete. And then from there, everything just sort of started falling in line because once you once you truly commit to something, you have to do it. It's not <laughs> you don't have the choice anymore. And I knew I was at that point. I knew I knew I was. And you know, you said something earlier though that I think is really important. And it was that if you don't have fitness, it's maybe even impossible to really be fulfilled or balanced in those other areas. And for me, the biggest part of that is what exercise does for us and not just physically for our bodies, because I think people know, okay, well, if I exercise and burn more calories, that makes weight loss or weight control a lot easier. Uh, but really, the, the special sauce with exercise is what exercise does for the brain. Could you, could you yes. talk a little bit about why that's so important? What and you know because again, if it's gonna if it's gonna make everything else better, I'd like to know why. Well, there's a lot of data to support that. You know the fact that fitness in your life creates a ripple effect. So you go out for a 30 minute walk at lunch um, during your workday. You come back and you feel a bit more productive. And there are chemicals associated in your brain that sort of stimulate more engagement at work with whatever it is you're doing. Uh, in the book, um, I reference a book called Spark, which talks about they performed some studies with students who had a break or, or performed, you know, physical fitness during the day. And they just, you know, those students were better students over the course of the year because they were just more engaged and they, they learned better. So I sort of extrapolated on that and took that into the workplace. Yeah, you have a you actually have programs at your at your workplace that people can, you know, exercise and take time off and you're really flexible with all that because you know as an employer actually it pays you for them to be that way. Yeah, we installed, you know, we moved to a new facility about three years ago and and one of the layout pieces was okay, we need to we need to put a gym in here to make it as easy as possible for people to get some exercise. So we've got showers, we've got a gym. We created a wellness program with monthly activities that are totally voluntary. Nothing is forced upon anybody, but they're pretty fun. I mean, we had a, a, just in a couple months ago, we had our annual walking challenge where if you have a Fitbit or an iPhone or something, you know, record your steps and it became sort of a little bit competitive, <laughs> but it also was kind of fun because now you see people going out at lunch and getting in their steps and, and, and walking with their colleagues and recording it on the weekends. And all those folks just seem a bit more engaged when they get back to the office. Yeah. Sometimes a little bit of competition can uh, can really spark uh, some some interest and get people doing a little bit more. That's awesome. Exactly. Now, now you hit a concept in the book that one, I know it's gonna it's gonna resonate with Rachel kind of kind of big because this is something she does, but 
you, you titled the book Everyday Athlete. And so we're not just talking about the person who's competitive or thinking about going master's Olympian or something. Mm-hmm. This is just the person that wants to be able to hike on the weekends, like something beautiful. They want to be able to ride their bike, play tennis again, or just do things. Be a, be a great grandmother, you know, just that awesome person that keeps up with grandchildren at the zoo. Can you talk about the value of calling yourself an athlete? Yeah, I think that, you know, there, there's so many hurdles in the way of folks finding a way to get the fitness in their life. And I think, and I propose this in the book, that if you if you think of yourself as an athlete, you know, you're, you're training for a 5K or 10K or a marathon or something. And if you just start to think of yourself as an athlete, then you start to adjust your behaviors a little bit. Oh, I think I'll go to sleep a little bit earlier tonight. You know, maybe I won't have that extra piece of cake. But also, it becomes just more ingrained in your daily life. You know, you think about your whole day with your meetings and, and your, your eating schedule and your sleep schedule. And like, oh, there's also a component there that involves me getting some exercise. And I need to do that because I'm an athlete. And I think getting over that hump of thinking yourself an athlete can really just make fitness more ingrained in how you are as a person. Yeah, I um, kind of the way I really ramped myself up was that um, my daughter was a CrossFit coach, level one CrossFit coach. And so I was looking back at her, she's 20 years old. And I'm thinking that's, that was me at 20 years old. You know, I was, I was an athlete. And then I'm thinking to myself, well, why wouldn't I be thinking of myself as an athlete today? Why would I be a spectator in my daughter's life going forward? And I just wasn't, I wasn't comfortable to retire the cleats, if you will, and say I'm not done. Uh, I wanted, I wanted more, so I said, okay, I'm going to train to do a tough mutter, and I'm going to do it with my daughter. And and by committing to doing it with my daughter, it went well beyond that. To a, I didn't want to just do it. I wanted to not hold her back. I wanted her to be able to run her race, and I want to be able to keep up with her. And I wanted us to finish that thing together. And I, I didn't want to be wrecked doing it. So yeah. it was, a, okay, well, I have something now that I'm training for. And I have, and when we started the training, it's like, well, okay, uh, I do have to feed the machine. You know, I, I'm a, my body's a tool to do what I want to do. And if I do the right maintenance with it and I do the right training, it will respond and it will reward me with a, a beautiful experience with my daughter. Uh, and it did, you know, it was that whole concept of I went back to being an athlete. Uh, and there's times I'll tell you, I still struggle with that because, you know, I, I can't do it all the time. I can't be that athlete all the time. And so even LeBron James, he has an off season. And so in the book, you talked a little bit about off seasons, you know, we're not going to play basketball every day, all year. We're going to have off seasons. Uh, Can you talk about why having off seasons is important? Yeah. I mean, there's a concept called periodization where over the course of a year, you know, you slowly build up and develop what we call sort of base fitness. And as you approach your event, if you have an event in your calendar, you might convert some of that base fitness into more intense workouts. So you're kind of building the pyramid and the top of the pyramid is your event day. And when you reach the top, there's always a necessity to take a break, you know, and and if you have, let's say um, two events during the course of the year, you know, you want to, you want to filter in some, some rest time. It could be, you know, a week or two weeks, but eventually as you get around to, let's say the winter season, if you're a cyclist, uh, you might want to consider taking off a full month and just sort of, you know, not stopping exercise, but, you know, scaling back the, uh, the volume, the intensity. And then that also resets your brain. Okay. I don't have to be on every single day of the week or every week to get workouts in. I can back up a little bit and it recharges you for the next season. So you don't have to go hard all year long. Yeah. And, and I think that's really important is it's, it's, there's a, there's a balance uh, to that. Like I said, that's what this book is really about. And, and so if, you know, if you know, it's like, okay, well, Christmas time and Thanksgiving time is when I'm going to be spending time with family. And I don't want to be spending, you know, even though I could, I, I don't want to spend four hours every day training, and not be able to drive over to the house until two o'clock because that's when my training run's going to be done. Everybody's going to be there at noon. And here I come traipsing up at two o'clock. I'm like, you know, that's not really cool. So I taking that off season and saying, it's okay. It's okay to relax. It's okay to enjoy these other things. And then 
that recovery, that refresh, and it's across not just your body, but your, your brain and everything, you can go into your next season, your on season and, and start really pushing for higher and higher goals. Yeah. It's okay to, you know, give yourself a break and, and be gentle with yourself. You don't have to, you know, drive yourself into the ground all year. So you mentioned the holiday season. And for me, like that's a time where, you know, I sort of push aside some of those longer, you know, training sessions and focus more on the family piece and um, spending time with family during that holiday period. Yeah. And and family is, is of, of the three <laughs> to me, that's, that's the hard one, you know, it, now for, I don't know why work for some reason or another was, like I said, that little black hole that just sucked me away from everything else in life. But once I got back to the family part and I see it a lot with my clients, particularly those that are the caretakers. And when they're in, particularly when we're in this sandwich kind of generation of where, where someone's, we're still taking care of our children while we're taking care of our parents. And that, that pull on us to, to be there for our family all the time just seems to be something that can kind of really derail the fitness and even sometimes our careers. How do we get around the family? Not, not, not like break up with the family, but how do we, how do we make that work when the family has such a huge draw on us? I think it starts with communication and, and basically expressing to your significant other and to your family members, like what you value and what's the priority for you. So if, if if getting in a run on the weekend is really important to you, then, you know, you don't sit down and say, um, you know, hey, honey, <laughs> I want to go out and, you know, do a huge ride this weekend. I'll see you later. It's more like, hey, you know, what does the family want to accomplish this weekend? You know, we have some commitments here, some chores here. You know, can we carve out a little bit of time for me to go out for a run? And I think having that communication is so important because if it's not there, then this the other the partner will always feel some sort of resentment or you're leaving them hanging with the rest of the family activities to to organize and, and create. So the communication is like the first piece. And there's a lot of little things we can do to improve communication, like having a family calendar. Yeah. You know, and, and sort of sitting down and saying what I just said, where you, you look at the weekend, okay, what do each of you want to accomplish? And what do you want to do for fun? And, and do you want to have the family dinner? So that is a really important piece in our household. Yeah, I think the, the way you put it in the book was really great was, you know, that uh, and you had little kids. So it's, this is not like you're talking about just send the teens off to spend time with their friends and, and you go do your run. This was OK. We've got little kids. One of them's got to go to this practice. One of them's got this game. And so it's like, OK, based on the, the times available, I'm going to have to get up and from six to nine, I'm going to go do my ride or my run and get that done. So then I'm done. And then we, I can take, you know, this one to the game and then you can, while it's, we're at the game, you can take and do your run. And then we meet back and now we're, we're, you know, together as a family having our dinner and, you know, we made everything happen that needed to happen. And we had the balance between us and the conversations between us and the trust that, yeah, he's, he's going to, she's going to follow through. <laughs> I'm going to follow through because it's not just, I'm going to get my run in. It's like, you know, I think I'm going to go play some golf with the guys. You know, I got a call. I'm going to play. Some... No, we, we, we commit, we do the right thing. And that communication and trust means that they're willing to give because you're willing to give. And in the end, if you're not taking care of yourself, you, then you're not really going to be 100% for your family. As we mentioned earlier, how key fitness is to all the other dynamics. Yeah. And sometimes it isn't even about the other person, you know, let's say also going out for a run or, or getting in some fitness. It could be them wanting to disconnect by um, doing some gardening or meeting up with, with some, some friends for coffee. It's whatever it is that your significant other thinks of as like disconnecting and re-energizing them. So I think it's just having a respect for whatever your partner feels like they need to do to, to, to stay balanced. Yeah, my my wife would be the I'm going to go spend some time with my friends uh, kind of person. She's not going for a run, but yeah. uh, so I, I totally get you there. But <laughs> you know, yeah, she, we we're different people and we have different needs. And with the respect we have for each other, that we just we make it work. But I don't have the little kids. It's it's just the two of yeah. us, and and our only little kid is Lula's our bed and breakfast. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, and just checking in that you know your partner has um, some time carved out for themselves. 
like, oh, you know, do you need some time to, to yeah. disconnect and, and do what you would like to do? So, yeah. All right. Now, it does. It does. Understanding that. And as I said before, I didn't have that balance and I didn't have that, that skill because I think the communication between a, a significant other is a huge skill uh, that a lot of us go into marriage without really ever having. Um, we go into relationships without really having or practicing. And once you kind of practice that skill, it, it's it's very powerful. Developing the emotional IQ. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's that's the word right there. Now, one thing I, I always recommend, and I, a lot of people, other people recommend is, you know, do, do something you enjoy. So, you know, if your fitness doesn't have to be, okay, I got to get you in the gym. I've got to do three sets of eight on that leg press. And then we're going to move over to this machine and we're going to do three sets. Of eight. For a lot of people, that's intimidating, scary, and they, they, they're not going to enjoy it. And if they're not going to enjoy it, unless I'm there asking them to do the next set, they're not going to do it. Uh, so a lot of people are, they'll encourage, you know, just do something you enjoy. So it's like, take a group class, take a Zumba, you know, go out and join a, a running club or a walking club or a biking club. What is, the, why, why is this group training? Why is that so valuable? What, what's the, what's the draw and why are so many people interested and why is it so much more fun? I guess would be the question is what, what, what are all these values that group classes do that we wouldn't do ourselves? Well, part of it has to do with the motivation piece. Sometimes it's just really challenging for you to get your own butt off the couch and, and to go out and do that ride. But if you know that there's, you know, five or six people waiting down the coffee shop for you to also go up for that ride, then it's just a little bit, you know, gets you a little bit more of an edge to um to get out there and do that. And, you know, in our area where I live, you know, our neighborhood, we have weekly group rides. There, there's something going on every day of the week. And it's it's super motivating because you know on Monday. If it's your recovery day, there's a recovery ride. The folks around here call it the muffin ride because it meets up, you know, at a coffee shop after for muffins. And I think that that's uh, got a lot of folks in our area off the couch and motivated. And and many of them have events in the calendar now where they're doing, you know, centuries, hundred mile rides. And these are folks who were not engaged that level of, you know, athletic fitness um, just a few years ago. So the group ride or whatever group activity you want to do, it goes a long way from motivation. Now, a lot of people will look at that, you know, and they'll say, oh, well, I'm going to go try to ride with people that are that are doing 100 mile races and, and more. And it's like, well, I I physically can't do that right now. So, you know, if we're going to go do a training ride, see ya. Uh, <laughs> they're going to leave me in the dust. But you also mentioned a, a, a concept that, that you called the no drop mentality. And so occasionally some of the groups that you train with will use this or, or have this. Can you talk about what that is and how that could help someone who's maybe just a little intimidated to get started? Yes, the no drop ride. So when you get dropped on a ride, it means that you've fallen off the back of the group and basically have been left for dead and no one's waiting <laughs> for you and you're riding by yourself. So there's, you know, a number of rides throughout the week or the month where we announce, you know, a no drop ride where it's basically, you know, at the top of the hill, we'll wait for everyone to gather and you never felt like you're left behind. There's always someone looking out for you and it's at a pace that usually everybody can hold. And it really lowers the barrier to entry because it's like, okay, let me show up. It's a no drop ride. I know I'm going to make it all the way home on this 25 or 30 mile loop and I'm not going to be left. To, to figure out, you know, how to, how to get home. So with that, we've actually drawn in quite a few newbie cyclists and they've loved it. And over the years, you know, they've, they've gotten better and they've gone on to some of the harder group rides that, you know, become very competitive, but I love the no drop ride. It's my favorite one to do, especially on Sundays. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the, the concept to me, it, it has, it, it's two-sided and, and, and the two-sided is this one is as a group, I think it's just it's really great that you're having this inclusivity of saying we want to introduce more people to this sport, to this thing. And the way we do it is by making them feel more comfortable and more included. And I can tell you in a gym environment, a lot of people feel intimidated. They walk in there and they see the big guys over by the free weights. They're kind of like, oh, I'll just hang out over here by the treadmill. You know, don't don't mind me. But the reality is that a gym environment, most gym environments are, are no drop mentalities. The guys you see over there are those heavy weights. They're happy to see you there. 
uh, they won't walk over and tell you and welcome you, but they're glad to see you there because by you paying a gym membership, you're helping pay for that equipment they're using too. And so most gyms are going to have a no drop mentality. They're not going to let you fail just and laugh at you. They're just not, they're not going to do that. They want you to be successful. They want you to be long-term gym members just like them. And eventually you might be over in those free weights areas and they'll be glad to help you in any way they can. But then there's the other side of this equation. And that's the mindset that you bring to the game. I know if I got into a ride, I'm not keeping up with you. Uh, there's no way, but <laughs> okay. But I, and I don't mean that as a slight. What I mean is I can't lose my battle, my sport by competing with you. I'm competing with myself at this point in my life. And so my comparison is to Alan yesterday. I, I want to be as good or better than the Alan I was yesterday. And it's not just in sports. It's, you know, just not in fitness. It's family. It's work. It's everything else. And what am I doing today to be better tomorrow? And so I think as you look at a no drop mentality, not only is it important, you know, that if a group has it and it makes you feel comfortable, it's kind of building in yourself that I don't, I don't actually care if I get dropped. I'm not comparing myself to the best riders in this group. And if I do get left behind, then I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out, but I'm going to come back, you know, and I'm going to get better. And so at some point I might be that good, but I'm not going to compare myself to them. I'm going to compare myself to who I was yesterday. There's so many folks that I've ridden with and, and went running with, and I was involved with triathlon over the years that started off very intimidated, didn't want to put the, the spandex on the Lycra. And it just, <laughs> well, it, it, it's, 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 it's so, you know, it just, it just shows how great you look <laughs> when exactly. maybe you don't feel like you do. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, I think it takes someone to say, here, let's go for a short ride on the bike path. Let's just get you comfortable, you know, on, on the bike or the run or, or even a swim. And then, Hey, let's show up on the 20 mile, no drop ride this weekend and we'll go together. And over time, and I've been doing this now for over 25 years, many of these folks are much stronger than I am now. And mm -hmm. they've, you know, they just developed, it's like, you know, their inner competitive cyclists came out and, and now they're, you know, they're phenomenal athletes. So it's been a pretty, it's yeah. been a pretty fun process to do that. Well, and, and as we said earlier, I, I think everybody has an athlete in them. I mean, our human body Absolutely. was built to be athletic, to to hunt, to fish, to to forage, to move, to play. We were built for this. And so it's there. It's just a function of bringing it out. And it starts with the mindset. It starts with the doing. And if you can find these groups and find the way to do the training where, you know, you feel comfortable, but then you push that comfort zone, then you get better. And I think that's one of the keys uh, and what I really liked about your book was it just kind of pulled that all together to say, if you want this balance, it's it's within your grasp. And exactly. it's and it's not just a um, a concept of having it all, uh, which I think is what a lot of people think balance is, but it's the understanding the compensations with all of them to fit them together in a way that fits your lifestyle. Yeah, and also that it's a journey. You know, you're not going to have balanced every single day of the week. It's something that we're always moving towards. And even the folks that you think have life completely dialed in, <laughs> they don't. They're but, always trying to figure it out. But they're Instagram famous. So you know <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, you know we're all in the same boat. And, you know, I've interviewed over a hundred folks for this book of all walks of life and Every single person I interviewed, no matter how successful they appear on the outside or how successful they appear as far as athletic prowess, everyone struggles. Everyone. So, you know, I think if we can keep the fitness piece in our life as we grow our families and build our careers, it'll make us at least feel like we have life in check. And uh, that's what my proposal is in the book. Yeah. And I would say being over 40, if you can reintroduce fitness into your life, it's going to enhance those other things just as well. I, I totally agree. 
there, there's quite a few folks who, you know, were competitive in high school or maybe not even competitive. They just did some sort of sport in high school. Maybe they played in college and then there was nothingness, you know, in their yeah. late twenties or even into their thirties. And then they feel like, okay, I need to get back into doing something. And when they do that, it's like a switch turns on and the rest of their life starts to fall in place. Yeah, when I was, and it's not even that you were an athlete when you were younger. Cause I remember, uh, I was 29 when I ran an ultra 50 mile ultra and I was standing oh, wow. in the, the morning uh, meeting and they have these, this briefing the day well, it was the day before briefing. And so we're sitting in the briefing room and I'm standing next to this really old guy. I mean, at the time I'm looking, I'm like, okay, he's ancient. Uh, he was 68 years old. And so we start talking and I start looking around. I'm like, um, everybody here is like way older than me and like what's going on in what what bizarre world am i in and he said you know he says most people don't actually even ever start running until they're in their 40s he said most ultra athletes were not really necessarily even athletes when they were younger they just they got into their 40s and running was a way for them to de-stress and get in shape and then they just kept adding miles and the, here we are, you know, lining up tomorrow for a 50 mile run. And I just thought that was so compelling. And then you see the results of the run. It was a 12 hour cutoff. There were 28 of us that started the run. I think 18 of us finished. And the guy who came in first was 29 and I was 29. I came in next to last. And then when I finished, <laughs> when I finished, you know, they're on the radio and there's like, there's, there's one guy left and like, is he going to make cutoff? They're like, it's going to be close. And then they said his name. And I'm like, that's that 68 year old guy. I was standing next to a briefing yesterday. So I'm standing at the finish line, watching this guy finish this race. And so this is a guy who didn't start running until he was in his forties. And here he is competing in, you know, wow. competing with himself, but competing in this 50 mile run. And he, he finished it just under time. And so, you know, it's like at that point, I knew anything is possible. You can come back at any age and, and you, you can do this at any time. So it's not that you had to be an athlete. The athlete's there. It's always been there. And it's just a function of pulling it out and using it now, using your fitness, because it's going to enhance everything. Well, one thing that it's I'm glad you just told that story, because one thing that resonated with me in one of my first triathlons, I was maybe around 25 years old. and the older is a couple of older categories that started in a wave behind us, about 10 minutes behind us. And in any triathlon, uh, usually they put your, their, your age on their calf. So with a marker, they, um, you can see the, the age of the person. So here I am in the final leg of the 5k or 10k, I'm 25 years old, and I'm going at a pretty good clip, maybe like a six minute mile pace or something. And up comes behind me is uh, this gentleman, and um, he's fast, and he's he's blown by me. And I look at his calf, says the number forty-seven. Okay, I'm now forty-seven. <laughs> I see his number forty-seven. I was like, oh wow, he actually started like you know eight or ten minutes behind me. And the thing that resonated with me was when we got to the finish line, you know, his his wife was there, and two of his kids were there, and I just thought. This is amazing. Like, you know, and that's what really motivated me over all this time when I career and family that you can keep doing this. You can keep doing it. You can still be competitive and, and have the whole thing. So uh, that resonated me. And I, and I just love that you kicked my butt there. <laughs> well, good, good. And hopefully he's still running, but, you know, hopefully he's still doing that. All right. I define wellness as being the healthiest, fittest and happiest you can be. What are three strategies or tactics to get and stay well? That's a great question. So number one, I think consistency. Try to do something multiple times a week. I'm going to say at least five times a week. Um, that's one thing. Uh, number two, and I'm only saying this now because I, I have a lot more years of experience on my belt, sleep. <laughs> sleep is so important because then you're ready to go the next day 100%. The third thing is having the ability to disconnect. And when I say disconnect, just disconnect from work, disconnect from your phone and just letting your mind sort of recharge. And, you know, you can do that in the form of meditation, reading a book, 
but I think that's really important to just overall um, uh, wellness. Thank you. I, I love those. Thank you. Art, if someone wanted to learn more about you or learn more about your book, The Everyday Athlete, where would you like for me to send them? Um, you could go to arttrapotsis.com uh, and you could also find me on Amazon or Barnes & Noble if you search for The Everyday Athlete. You can go to 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash 553 and I'll have a link there for that book and for your website. So thank you, Art. Thank you for being a part of 40 Plus Fitness. Thank you so much, Alan. This was a lot of fun. Welcome back, Russ. Hey, Alan. Art, I think might be my new best friend. There's so many, <laughs> so many great things in your interview. But the first thing I wanted to mention was a quote. And I, I don't know if I got it exactly right in my notes, but I believe the quote was, without fitness, it's hard to succeed in the other areas of life. And I just wanted to take a minute to recognize how important it is to be healthy and to be fit in your day-to-day -day life. It's so important. Yeah, you know, I I miss this myself. You know, I got well into my career and I was in a sedentary job, so I had I had all the fitness I needed to be an accountant. Um <laughs> but I I didn't have the fitness to be the other things that I wanted to be in my life and but mm -hmm. and so as my health was declining, um I recognized that I you know my my performance was was going to decline you know doing the longer days and sitting at the desk all those days and and all that I was not at peak I mean I was doing it I was doing enough and mm -hmm. it was enough to be where I was but I think about what all the other things I could have accomplished in my life if I had the energy and the stamina and the capacity to do those other things. And mm -hmm. I didn't, and I, but I didn't even, I didn't even recognize it. And it's kind of one of those things right. of, um, you know, you're sitting in this water and you don't really recognize the temperature of the water. Uh, I'm not going to say what that comes from because people get mad every time I say it. <laughs> no, I don't do that. But, uh, yes. you know, the whole point being is we, we lose sight of our, our own surroundings because we're mm -hmm. so in it. Mm -hmm. And so, if you find yourself not thinking outside of your environment, uh, you might think what's what you're going through is normal. This is just what we all we all normally hurt. We all normally mm -hmm. can't do things. We all normally break, um, and that's not true. Um, right. There's a big variation of the aging curve, uh, and we get to make some decisions. And we get to make those decisions each day. Um, but yeah, we we won't perform as well if we don't take the time to train and get our body as strong as we can get it. Well, that's a really good point right there, Alan, is that we, when we're young, we have youth on our side and it seems like that, and being that I'm 51, I can look back and say that the younger people, including my <laughs> younger self, <laughs> we had energy to spare. We had, we had some level of fitness to spare. And then as we age, that level of energy is not the same. You know, I, I would always say if I could bottle the energy my kids had, <laughs> I would make millions. But the fact is, is that as we age, you know, things happen. And, and you guys discussed too, the balance, having balance between uh, work and family life and fitness. If you, if you think of those three things, those three major concepts, family, work, and your health and fitness, you know, it is hard to be a expert at everything all at the same time. And, and, but there comes a day where you really do have to focus on that health and fitness level, because if you're not healthy, it makes everything so much harder, you know, work becomes harder. Um, running around with your kids or grandkids is immensely harder. And then you're missing out on some really wonderful activities. Yeah. It's really important. Mm -hmm. But the other thing, the reason why I really do love art and you mentioned it as you were talking is that, yes, I do love calling my clients athletes. I love to think of myself as an athlete, even though I am not Olympic level, I'm not contention for anything super like an elite or professional athlete. But when you do think of yourself as an athlete, your perspective on everything changes. You know, when I go out for a run in the morning, if I don't get enough sleep, I don't have quite as much fun in my run, or I can't go quite as far as I want. And if I'm training for a race, sleep becomes even more important. And the same thing is with my food. If, if I eat poorly over the weekend, 
I can't have my long run. It's just, I don't do it quite as well and it's not as enjoyable. So once you start thinking of yourself as an athlete, things do change. Yeah. I, I spent so much of my early life, um, kind of doing the, this flip-flop of mm-hmm. am I, am I, you used the word early on when we were talking before we came on as uh, academic, thinking of yourself as an academic or thinking mm-hmm. yourself of this or thinking, you know, and yeah. it, you tend to get this, this tunnel focus, or at least I did. And so I was like, yeah, when I, when I went into, when I left high school, when I was in high school, I was an athlete. That's all I thought of. I didn't think of high school as a, a, even an academic pursuit. It was something I had to do to be on the football field, the track, the tennis court. I did those things, mm-hmm. but I was an athlete. That's why I was in high school. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then I got into junior college and it was like, okay, well, now I have to be an academic and I have to just be an academic. And so I was mm. so focused on the academics um, that when I then had to make a pivot in my life, it was like, I've been working so hard in one area. I, I didn't want to do that anymore. And I pivoted all the way back to athletics. In fact, the reason I went infantry in the military was they showed all these videos of all the things I was capable of doing. And when I passed the ASVAB, the score, my, my recruiter said, you do anything. You, you mm-hmm. can literally do anything in the army you want to do. Wow. Um, and so I just told him, I said, drop everything that says engineer, mechanic, um, anybody that fixes or does anything with their brain, um, <laughs> just, just turn that one off. Um, they came up with field medic, uh, artillery surveyor, which was math, and then uh, infantry. And they showed the infantry guys, and they're all just running around all the time. And I'm like, that's what I want to do for two years. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, quite literally, it was signing up and just saying, what, do you, what can I do for two years to earn some money for college? And I did two years of infantry. And and I'm not going to say it didn't, didn't use my brain power, but it didn't use it to the power of thinking of academics. It was, I'm learning everything I can about this, this field of study, which is uh, how to kill people. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But physically I was focused on being the, the brute, being the most physical person I could be. Mm -hmm. And then I left that and went back to college and in college was probably the only time I felt like I had balance uh, because I was except for family. Cause I was in, I was, I was got married. And so I was in college. I was basically I had college lifting and then work mm-hmm. and just rinse and repeat every day. <laughs> and there was no other time. And quite, so quite literally, yeah, I was taking a full load, working full time and uh, getting in the gym two hours every day. Um, that was, that was my entire life. Um, and so I've, I've never until about now been in a position where I've said, okay, I can, I can manage to balance. Mm-hmm. And so I understand the the challenge of all of this. You know, I'm yeah. I'm fortunate now that the kids aren't home. So, you know, there's not that there's my wife, my dogs, they're my home and my family right now. And then I'm going to go visit family. Um, you know, I'm, I'm beginning the research of where are the gyms and all little towns that I'm going to be at. I know there's a YMCA in my mother's town and it's like $5 a day to work out there. Uh, oh. Maybe cheaper if I pay by the week. So off the sea, at least it was the last time I was able to work out there. Last couple of times I've been there, it was closed because of COVID. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm that's kind of where I'm looking at is what, what mm-hmm. can I do to keep my fitness on track? And I'm realizing cardio might be a better option for me during this mm-hmm. this next month. Um, mm-hmm. I'll just have to look at it. But I'm I'm more in a position now to have balance than I ever have been in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um and and so that's where I'm at. And it, you know, not everybody can do that, but right. the closer you are to balance, the the better all of this fits together. So that you're not you don't feel like you're losing anything. You don't mm-hmm. feel like you're giving anything. It is a compromise. You know, and there are going to be points in time, as Art said, when you're training for something or there's a family thing or Mm -hmm. there's something going on at work that you need to focus on a project. um, But you need to think about the after the project or after the thing, because you got to get back to more of that balance. And if you Mm -hmm. don't do that audit, that self audit. It's it's very easy to lose sight and find yourself again very one sided. I know I'm I have a tendency toward that. So, you know, I'm going to do spend a lot of time with family. Um, For me, also being an introvert, uh, that energy is energy spent. 
uh, but I still need to be able to focus on clients uh, and focus on my health. Uh, and I know what's going to happen as soon as I come back to this island, my my being alone fitness going on long walks thing is going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to sure. need that. Uh, yeah. So just looking at how I'm going to maintain balance as particularly during these changes is is really important. And I think that's kind of a message I took away from it. For sure. And, and I think part of having that balance or finding that balance is also being flexible. I know that when my kids were younger, um, I would get them up for school, go do a quick run, make sure they got on the bus and then I could finish the rest of my day. And then, and just like you said, now that my kids are college age, I don't need to worry about, you know, whether or not they get on the bus, you know, I can, I can schedule my runs at any time. And, and when you travel, you're going to find some time to do walks in the morning and enjoy the cities that you get to visit. And, and it's a lot of change, but you could still make that a priority wherever you are in life and whatever responsibilities you have. And, and it is really important to focus on that because, you, I like to tell my clients this too. You can't pour from an empty cup. You need to take care of yourself before you can take care of other people. And so if that means a quick 10 minute walk or a 10 minute run in the morning, you're going to feel energized and you're going to feel a little less stress and a little more happy. And you'll be able to be more patient as a parent or with a loved one. So it's just really important that you are flexible and try and squeeze in whatever fitness you can whenever you can. Absolutely. Great. All right. Well, um, since Rachel and I will both be traveling this next week, and she won't be able to carry the recording gear in her equipment because she just doesn't want to carry <laughs> no. that much weight. Uh, oh, and she wouldn't also wouldn't be able to connect to Zoom. No, uh, there's probably that as well. But uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not going to be recording hello sections for the next two episodes. We're actually going to record our after show sections. Uh, right now uh so there's no reason for us to say three hellos when it's the same day <laughs> it's 10 minutes apart so i uh, just realized we will skip the hello sections in the next two episodes but we we are going to record our afterthoughts for uh each of those two episodes um, in just a few minutes so uh rachel i'll talk to you in a few minutes but everyone else i will talk to you next week take care you too bye next time on the 40 plus fitness podcast we meet dj vanis and discuss his book, The Warrior Within. Own your power to serve, fight, protect, and heal. Until then, have a happy and healthy week.